And we have got a show for you Coming from a twisted mind That only wants to share with you We might even impress you a bit With a crazy character or two We invite you to wait with suspense And be prepared for a laugh or two Hello and welcome to DDOP 2020, the final episode of the Dog Days of August. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I've been sporadic at the end here, but that's uh, that's just the way it is. There are no rules, so I know I'm okay. Uh, this is the last episode, and I did this for my wife because her favorite Sherlock Holmes radio episodes are sponsored by Petri Wine. So I have taken this and done it exactly as a script at the very end. Excuse me, I do the outro exactly as they would have done, minus throwing in some some empat stuff there. Uh, in total credit, this was written in uh, by someone else, converted and adapted. But I just did the voices. I read it all through the other night, and I spent uh, all day kind of... Uh, editing and cutting it because, uh, well, it was a lot of hard work and, uh, there were some issues. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I got it together and this is for all of you. I hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, thank you to all the dog dares for your wonderful contributions. This August was awesome. And, uh, I appreciate, uh, hearing everything everyone had to say. And I write back at everyone. Um, I really appreciate all of your contributions. I've already sort of said my thank yous in that respect. So, without any further ado, come in, come in, sit down, sit down, turn your radio dials up, sit back with a nice hot, hot cup of cocoa, and listen as Empath presents Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> This episode from the life of Sherlock Holmes will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave through the worldwide facilities, the Armed Forces Radio Service. Petri Wine brings you the Empat Cast and the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The Petri family, the family that took the time to bring you good wine. Invite you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another exciting adventure that he shared with his old friend, that master detective, Sherlock Holmes. And you know something? I had an adventure tonight I wish you could have shared with me. I had a steak, oh, an inch and a half thick, tender and juicy. And with it, I had a glass of Petri California Burgundy. Now, there's a combination. Steak and Petri Burgundy. That Petri Burgundy is a perfect mealtime wine. It's a rich red wine that's hearty and full of flavor. Flavor that comes right from the heart of the grape. And don't think that the Petri Burgundy isn't only good with steak. It'll make a hamburger sandwich taste like a face, too. Try Petri Burgundy with any meat or meat dish. It's just wonderful, and serve it proudly, too, because, after all, the name Petri is the proudest name in the history of the American wines. And now, I know Dr. Watson's waiting for us, so let's go in there and join him. Come in, come in, come in. Good evening, Dr. Watson. Good evening, Mr. Bottrell. 
You're quite muffled up tonight, I see. Overcoat, scarf, and gloves. Slip them off and come in and join me by the fire. Thanks, Doctor. Quite a nip in the air tonight. Yes, there is indeed. Well, Doctor, you told us last week that tonight's story centered around the activities of a brilliant and beautiful woman. Yes, my dear boy, her name was Irene Adler, but I never knew Holmes to refer to her by any other name than the woman. She sounds mighty intriguing. How did you happen to meet up with her? Well, I'll tell you the story from the beginning. One night, it was on the 12th of March, 1888 to be exact, I was returning home from a visit to a patient when my steps led me through Baker Street. Since my marriage, I hadn't seen much of Sherlock Holmes, and you couldn't resist stopping by 221B, I'm sure, Doctor. Of course I couldn't. As I stood outside the well-remembered door, I looked up at the lighted window and saw the tall, spare figure of my old friend pass twice in the dark silhouette against the blind. He was pacing the living room swiftly, eagerly, with his head sunk on his chest and his hands clasped behind him. To me, who knew his every mood and habit, his attitude and manner told their own story. He was hot on the scent of some new problem. I rang the bell and a few moments later found myself standing before him. Marriage suits you, Watson. You look in splendid shape. Yes, Holmes. I'm feeling very well, thanks. And in practice again, I see. You didn't tell me that you'd gone back into harness. Oh? How do you know? Elementary, my dear chap. If the gentleman walks into my room smelling of idofoam with a black mark of nitrate of silver on his right forefinger and the bulge on the left side of his hat to show where he had secreted his stethoscope, I should be dull, indeed, if I didn't pronounce him to be an active member of the medical profession. <laughs> Same as ever, Holmes, by the way. I, uh, I'm not interrupting you, am I? Yes, you are, old fellow, but it's a most welcome interruption. You're working on a new case? It looks like it. This letter arrived by the last post today. It's undated and has neither signature nor address. Read it. Let's have a look, there will call upon you tonight a quartet at eight o'clock, a gentleman who desires to consult you upon the matter of a very deepest moment. Your recent services to one of the royal houses of Europe have shown that you are one who may safely be trusted. This account of you we have from all quarters received. Be in your chambers then at that hour, and do not take it amiss if your visitor wears a mask. Great Scott, it all sounds very mysterious. What do you imagine it means? Look carefully at the note, Watson. What do you deduce from it? Oh, let's see. Well, the man who wrote it is presumably well-to-do. Such paper couldn't be bought for under a half-crown a packet, and it's peculiarly strong and stiff. Peculiar? That's the very word. It's not an English paper at all. Hold it up to the light. You notice anything? Yes, there's a large E with a small G. Mm-hmm. And a large G with a small T woven into the texture of the paper. What does that suggest to you? The name of the maker, no doubt, or perhaps his monogram. Not at all, my dear fellow. The G with the small T stands for Gesfalt, which is the German for company. And the E in the G? That stands for Igria. Igria? It is in a German-speaking country in Bohemia, not far from Carlsbad. So the paper was made in Bohemia? 
Undoubtedly. And the man who wrote the note is German. How do you know that? Observe the curious construction of the sentence. This account of you we have from all quarters received. A Frenchman or a Russian could not have written that. It is the German who is so discourteous to his verbs. There is your client now. I better go, Holmes. No, 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 unless you have to. Well, I could stay. I thought perhaps that... My dear chap, stay, by all means. I'm lost without my Boswell. And this promises to be intriguing. I told Miss Hudson to let the masked visitor come upstairs unannounced. Come in. Good evening, sir. Oh, uh, you, uh, you received my note. Yes, indeed. Come in, won't you? And sit down. This is my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson. You may say anything before him that you can say to me. Whom have I the honor to address? You may address me, sir, Count von Kram. How do you do, sir? You must excuse this mask I wear. The august person who employs me wishes his agent to be unknown to you. And I may confess at once that this title by which I have just called myself is not exactly my own. I was well aware of that fact, sir. You see, Mr. Holmes, the matter I'm about to discuss implicates the great house of Orenstein, hereditary kings of Bohemia. That had not escaped me either, sir. In fact, if you were to state your case, I shall better be able to advise you, your majesty. How, how did you... Yes, yes, I am the king. Why should I attempt to conceal it? Why, indeed? I shall remove the mask. There, Mr. Holmes, I have traveled incognito from Prague for the express purpose of consulting you. Then pray, consult. Briefly, the facts are these... Some five years ago, during the visit to Warsaw, I made the acquaintance of a well-known adventurer, Irene Adler. Irene Adler? We know of her, Your Majesty. Look her up in the index for me, will you, Watson? Is right beside you on the desk there. I imagine that her name would not be unfamiliar to you. <laughs> here we are, here we are. A. Abrams, Acton Green, Hatchet Murders, Adler... Adler. Splendid. Hand me the file, old chap. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, Irene Adler, born in New Jersey in the United States of America in the 1858. Contralto. Mm-hmm. Prima Donna, Imperial Opera of Warsaw. Oh, retired from the operatic stage, living in London. Quite so. And here's a recent notation. Aha. Your Majesty, as I understand, became entangled with this young person, wrote her some compromising letters, and is now desirous of getting those letters back? Uh, precisely so, but how could... Was there a secret marriage? None. No legal papers or certificates? Uh, no. Then I fail to follow, Your Majesty. If this young lady should produce her letters for blackmailing purposes, how is she to prove their authenticity? There is the handwriting. That could be a forgery, Your Majesty. But it was private notepaper. Stolen? My own seal. Imitated? My photograph. Bought? But we were both in the photograph. Oh, dear me, yes. That's very bad. Your Majesty has indeed committed an indiscretion. Did you inscribe this photograph, Your Majesty? Yes, Dr. Watson. I'm afraid I did. 
Good gracious me. Mr. Holmes, it must be recovered. Perhaps if you were to pay enough, the photograph might be bought? She refuses to sell. Stolen, then. Five attempts have been made. Twice burglars in my pay ransacked her house. Once we diverted her luggage when she traveled. Twice she has been waylaid. There has been no result. Oh, dear. It's quite a pretty little problem. It is a deadly serious one to me. Your Majesty, what does Miss Adler intend to do with the photograph? To ruin me. How, sir? Well, I'm about to be married to the second daughter of the King of Scandinavia. She is the very soul of decency. A shadow of doubt as to my conduct would bring the matter to an end. And Irene Adler threatens to send the photograph to your fiancé, I suppose? Yes, and she will do it, rather than let me marry another woman. There are no lengths to which she would not go. None! Are you sure she hasn't already sent it, Your Majesty? I am sure. And why? She said that she would send it on the day my betrothal is publicly announced. That day will be next Monday. Splendid. Then we still have three days. Your Majesty will, of course, stay in London for the present. Yes, certainly. You will find me at the Langham Hotel, registered as Count von Kram. Just two questions before you leave. What are they? Is the photograph large or small? Quite large, and it was in a heavy frame. I see. And what is Irene Adler's London address, please? Byrony Lodge, Serpentine Avenue at St. John's Wood. Thank you, Your Majesty. Good night. And I trust that we shall soon have some good news for you. I am placing all of my hopes in you, Mr. Holmes. Good night, good night, Dr. Watson. Good night, Your Majesty. Fascinating problem, Holmes. I wish I could help you with it. You can, my dear chap. I shall be glad of your company. What is our first move, Holmes? A good night's rest. We'll meet here at ten o'clock tomorrow morning. And then? Then, my dear fellow, we will see what we can find out about Miss Irene Adler, late of the Warsaw Imperial Opera Company, and at present residing at Bryony Lodge, Serpentine Avenue, St. John's Wood. I guess the examination of Bryony Lodge didn't prove very illuminating. No, a bijou residence that represents the essence of a dignified suburbia, but tells us very little about the owner. I think a visit to the local public house might prove more instructive. Come on, old chap. I see the door of the coach and horse is inviting us from across the road. Well, our disguises shouldn't cause any suspicion. That's why I suggested them. In the character of a couple stable hands, I felt that we might inspire confidence. This is a horsey neighborhood, and there are a wonderful symphony of Freemasonry among the fraternity. Here we are. Better let me do most of the talking. Yes, I will. I'm sure that your accent will be more convincing than mine. Let's go in, shall we? <laughs> well, will it be my ace? A last bowl of milk, please. How about ye, Charlie? Well, I've the same. Too often all mild. Here we are, my ease here. That'll be a tenner. Have a drink with us, Gaffer. Don't mind if I do. We'll have a Guinness. You blokes new round here. Oh, yes. We just came over for Chapman. Chapman, eh? Well, here's looking at you. Oh, 
You wanting for jobs? Yes, that's right. We was told that Miss Adler across at Bryony Lodge needed a new coachman and a groom. Well, it's the first I heard of it, but it might be true. Have you been over there to ask? No, not yet. We thought we'd find out something about the old girl first. <laughs> she ain't no old girl, matey. She's the prettiest young thing you ever saw under a bonnet. And that's a fact. You never heard of governor? Yeah, of course I know her. Used to drive her carriage, I did, before I came work here. Ah, what's she like? Well, as nice a lady as you'll find, chum. Were you odd? No, no, no. She lives quiet like, goes out singing at concerts once in a while. Rest of the time, it's money for Jen. She goes out for a drive in the park every day at five and comes back to dinner at six thirty. Rest of the time's your own. Oh, she ain't married, you say? No, no, but she's got a bloke what comes see her all the time. He's a barrister. Nice gentleman. Mr. Jeffrey Norton has his name. Good-looking fella. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get his placed. Sounds like a nice cushy job to me. Come on, Charlie. Let's get over to the house and see what's what. Much obliged, you chum. Good luck, mateys. Good night. And thanks for the Guinness. What's our next move, Holmes? Let's stroll back to Bryony Lodge, shall we? I'm undecided whether to continue my investigation there or try to find out something about Mr. Geoffrey Norton, the barrister. If he's just her lawyer and nothing else, it's more likely that she's entrusted the photograph to his safekeeping. Hello, there's a cab waiting outside Miss Adler's house. Hurry, Watson, it may be Mr. Norton's. <laughs> Here we are at the gate. Yes. Here comes a man hurrying down the pathway. Quick, behind this post. Listen. Where do now, Mr. Norton? Drive like the devil. First to Gross and Hankies in the Regent Street, and then to the church of St. Monica in the Edgewater Road. Half a sovereign if you do it in 20 minutes. Right you are, Mr. Norton. Hop in. <laughs> Try and signal a cab, Watson. We must follow him. Here comes one. No, no, it isn't. It's a private carriage. Miss Adler's, no doubt. Lo, here she comes down the pathway. Back again behind the post, Watson. Where to, Miss Adler? To the church of St. Monica, John. And half a sovereign if you can reach it in 20 minutes. Uh, the game is afoot. Quick, we must get a cab and follow them. Here comes a handsome... Cabby, hey, hey, cabby! Have you blokes got enough money to take a cab? Here's half a sovereign for you, my man. Right you are. Where to, governor? The Church of St. Monica and Edwater Road. And half another sovereign for you if you get us there in 20 minutes. Uh, of Dr. Watson's story in just a second. But let me tell you something. If you're going to have chicken for dinner tomorrow night or any night, don't forget to serve that chicken with Petri California Saturnae. Believe me, Petri Saturnae is just about the last word in the white wines. It's beautifully golden in color. It's delicate and intriguing flavor. And just, well, you taste it and see for yourself. If you want a delicious white wine, you certainly want Petri Saturnae. 
Well, Doctor, again you broke off your story at the most exciting part. Did you and Sherlock Holmes reach that church inside the 20 minutes? Yes, Mr. Bartell, we did, but the other carriages were there before us. Holmes went into the church after telling me to guard the outside. I must have waited for ten minutes or more before Mr. Jeffrey Norton and Miss Adler came out, spoke a few words to each other and then left, then and there, in their separate conveyances. A moment later, Holmes, still dressed as a stable hand, came striding out of the church and down the steps towards me. He was obviously very excited. Watson, Watson, have they left? Yes, in separate cabs. I overheard him say that he was going back to his office, and she said I shall drive out into the park at five o'clock as usual. Splendid, then come on. We can return to Baker Street. What happened inside the church, Holmes? They were married. Married? Of course. The ceremony would have been illegally performed after noon. That accounted for their wild dash to the church. Jump into the cab, old fellow. Where do now, Governor? 221B Baker Street. Oh, so they got married, eh? Yes, and it may amuse you to know that I acted as their witness at the ceremony. You did? But how did that happen? <laughs> their own witness had failed to appear, and I was dragged into the breach. The bride gave me this sovereign as a memento. I think I'll wear it on my watch chain in a memory of the occasion. What an amazing situation. Things begin to look better for the king, don't they? Now that she's Miss Norton, chances are that she won't want to expose Her Majesty after all. I hope so, Watson, I hope so. But we can't afford to take any chances. I think the time is ripe for us to come closer to grips with the lady. <coughs> Now that we've eaten, perhaps you'll tell me your plan. With pleasure, my dear fellow. And while I'm doing so, I'll proceed with applying the makeup for my new disguise. <laughs> Another disguise. What is it to be this time? I think the character and the appearance of an amiable, simple-minded, nonconformist clergyman would be the most suited to my plan for entertaining Miss Adler's house. You're going to try and enter, then? I must, my dear fellow. I'm sure the photograph is there. Miss Adler, or rather, Miss Norton, will return from her drive in the park at 6.30. We must be at Briony Lodge to meet her. And then what? You must leave that to me. I've already made my arrangements. There is only one point on which I must insist. You must not interfere. Come what may, you understand? Oh, I'm to remain neutral. Yes, there'll be some small unpleasantness. Don't join in. It will end in my being conveyed into the house. As soon as I'm able to, I shall open one of the windows. You are to watch from outside. When I raise my hand, you shall throw an object that I shall give you through the window and, at that time, cry fire. You follow me? Entirely. But what am I to throw? Oh, it's nothing very formidable. Here it is. Uh, looks like a great big cigar. What is it? It's an ordinary plumber's smoke rocket, fitted with a cap at the end to make it self-igniting. Your task is confined to throwing it through the window. When you raise the cry of fire, it will be taken up by quite a number of people. You may then walk to the end of the street, and I'll rejoin you in ten minutes. I hope I've made myself clear. Perfectly. Good. And now, old fellow, as soon as I've donned my clerical attire, let's be on our way. There is no time to be lost.
It's nearly 6.30, Holmes. We've been pacing up and down in front of her house for half an hour now. I hope she does come back. I'm sure she will. There seems to be a lot of loafers hanging around her gate. All part of my conspiracy, old chap. You'll see them play their parts in a few minutes. You still think the photograph is inside the house? Yes, it's most unlikely that she carries it about with her. Remember, the king told us it was a large framed picture. And also remember that she planned to use it within a few days. It must be where she can lay her hands on it. It must be inside her house. But her house has been burgled twice. Oh, Pish, they did not know how to look. How'll you look? I won't. I'll get her to show me. Oh, she'll refuse. She won't be able to. Here comes the carriage now. Remember, Watson, carry out my orders to the letter. You can trust me. Good luck. Blimey, here comes the Duchess of Tiddlywinks. <laughs> Let's put out the carpet. She might get her tootsies wet. Oh, put a sock in it, Alfie. Leave him alone. She's no better than she ought to be. Please, please, let me through. I live here. Well, ain't that nice. We'll all come in and have a cup of cocoa. Move out of the way, please, and let the lady through. Mind your own business. Just because your collars turn the wrong way round, you can't spoil our fun. That's right, Haiti. Keep your nose out of it, Parson. Stop shoving, will you? Please, please, don't fight about it. I'll tell you what. Stop messing with the lady, please. Do you? Then why would you like a bib on the nose, Mr. Clergyman? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he hit the poor man. Then he ran away. The coward. Is the clergyman badly hurt? He hit his head, madam, as he fell. If you ask me, he's hurt bad. <laughs> he's bleeding something terrible. Can we bring him in, mum? He can't lie here in the street. Oh, why, of course, bring him in. Right you are, mum, here, Bert. I know. Give us a hand. Oh, poor fellow. Joe, see what happened to him, mister? Yes, I saw, my good woman. A very convincing demonstration. What do you mean? No, weren't you paid by a certain gentleman for this performance? Oh, you knows about it. You must be a friend of Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Yes, I am. Nice gentleman. He gives us a five bob apiece for tonight's work. We ain't through yet, though. We gotta start yelling fire when somebody tells us. Oh, I'm that somebody, my dear lady. There's Mr. Holmes now. He's inside the house. Yes, he's opening the window. Now he's raising his hand. That's my signal. Now to throw this rocket. Ah! Fire! There you are. You you have the photograph. No, but I know where it is. She showed me, as I told you she would. Well, I'm still in the dark. There's no mystery, old chap. When my accomplices started the row in the street, I had a little moist red paint in my hand. My good friend Alfie pretended to strike me. I clapped my hand to my head as I fell down. It's an old trick. Yes, I understand that. But how did you get Mike throwing the rocket to help you? 
It was all important, my dear fellow. When a woman thinks her house is on fire, her instinct is at once to rush for the thing that she values the most. A married woman grabs her baby. An unmarried one reaches for her jewel box. In this case, of course, it was the photograph. Where was it? In a recess in the living room, just above the right-hand bell pull. I caught a glimpse of it as she drew it out. When I made it known that the fire was a false alarm, she replaced the photograph. As soon as I was able to, I advised her that I was feeling well enough to leave. You didn't take the photograph, then? No, I felt that over-precipence at this stage might ruin everything. What do we do now? Drive to the Langham Hotel and inform His Majesty of what has happened. Then return with him here. And after that, my dear chap, the case will be ended. Any lodge, Your Majesty. I am all impatience. You are certain the photograph will still be there, Mr. Holmes. I have every reason to believe so, Your Majesty. <laughs> I must confess, this is going to be something of an ordeal. Then I suggest that you let me do the talking, Your Majesty. I think I know how to handle the lady. <laughs> Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I believe. Yes, I am Mr. Holmes, but... How did you know? My mistress told me that you would be likely to call. She's left for the continent with her husband. You mean she's left England? Never to return. Then the papers and the photograph, all is lost. We'll soon see. Follow me. She said that you'd be looking for something. I hope you find it. This was the bell rope sliding panel behind it. Ah, here it is. Is the photograph there, Mr. Holmes? There is a photograph, Your Majesty, but it's um a photograph of the lady alone. Here's a letter, and it's addressed to me. <clears throat> what does it say, Mr. Holmes? My dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, you did it very well. Until after the fire alarm, I had no suspicion. But then, when I realized how I had betrayed myself, I began to think. I had been warned that if the king employed an agent, that he would certainly employ you. May I congratulate you on your disguise as a dear old clergyman? <laughs> Great Scott! She was much more clever than you thought, Holmes! Ja, ja, go on! What else does it say? Ahem. <clears throat> My husband and I both thought that the best recourse was flight, so you'll find the nest empty, and, as to the photograph of the king and myself, his majesty may rest in peace. Oh, thank goodness for that. I love and am loved by a better man than he. I leave another photograph, however, that he might care to possess, and I remain, dear Sherlock Holmes, very truly yours, Irene Norton, knee Adler. What a woman, Watson, what a woman, what a magnificent woman. She fooled me completely, but, oh, oh, I, 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 I'm sorry, Your Majesty. I, I've been unable to bring your business to a more successful conclusion. On the contrary, my dear sir, nothing could be more successful. I know that Irene's word is involatile, and the incriminating photograph is now as safe as if it were in the fire. Well, I'm glad to hear Your Majesty say so. I am immensely indebted to you. Pray tell me in what way I can reward you. Oh, this barrel ring that I wear, I should, I should be proud to... Your Majesty has something that I should value even more highly. You have but to name it. This photograph, sir. Irene's photograph, but certainly. 
However, you must let me give you something more substantial. Oh, no, 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 your majesty. This is something I shall treasure all my life. This and a golden sovereign I received from the lady's hand. They will remind me that I was once tricked by a woman. A woman that I shall never forget. Miss Adler, or should I say Miss Norton? Wow, that's the kind of woman I could really go for. Yes, I believe you could. <laughs> Just between ourselves, you know, I sort of could go for her myself. She was intelligent, she was rich and beautiful. That's the kind of woman you want sitting next to you in front of a cozy fire on a nippy fall night. Just the three of you. The three of you? Mm-hmm. You, she, and a glass of Petri Port. <laughs> Mr. Potrell. Well, why not? Oh, gracious. Petri California Port, some wine. Boy, that Petri family really knows how to make good wine, all right. And no wonder. Look at all the experience they've had. Ever since they started the Petri business way back in the 1800s, the Petri family has handed down from father to son, from father to son, the artist selected perfect sun-ripened California grapes, making them into clear, fragrant, delicious wine. Those letters, P-E-T-R-I, on the label of every bottle of Petri wine, are the personal assurance of Petri family that every drop of wine in that bottle is a good wine. It's gotta be, because Petri took the time to bring you good wine. Well, Dr. Watson, that was a great story you told us tonight. I thought you'd like it, Mr. Bartell. That's why I plan to tell you a sequel to it next week. A sequel? Say, that sounds exciting, Doctor. Oh, I think you'll find it proves to be, Mr. Bartell. It's a story that takes place 20 years after tonight's adventure. Once again, the principal part is played by a woman. Only in this case, it isn't Irene Adler. It's her daughter. Oh, and, uh, now, Mr. Bartell, before I go, I want to remind our listeners that they owe a real debt of gratitude to the selective service boards in their communities. At this moment, the selective service boards are working harder than ever, making sure that every returning veteran knows his rights and privileges. And the boards are helping him take full advantage of those rights and privileges. And they're helping our veterans get jobs. Our selective service boards deserve our sincere thanks, and they deserve our cooperation. They have done, and they they are doing a splendid job. Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure was written by Dennis Green and Anthony Butcher. It is an adaptation of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, A Scandal in Bohemia. Music by Garage Band. Sound effects by Jay Langjans' mouth. The Impact cast appears through the courtesy of Metro Goldwyn Mayer, and the rest of the Impact cast is through the Impact cast, courtesy of the Impact cast, where we are now starring Sherlock Holmes this one time. The Petri Wine Company of San Francisco, California, invites you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. Sherlock Holmes comes to you from our Hollywood studios. This is Harry Bartell saying goodnight for the Petri family.
for a solid hour of entertaining mysteries and dramas. Listen every Monday on most of these same stations at 8 o'clock to the Bulldog Drumming, followed immediately by Sherlock Holmes. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. You have been listening to Impact Studios' presentation of the Dog Days of Podcasting 2020. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. We can be found at nimlast.org or you can email us at j at jglangcast.com. This podcast was released under Creative Commons Attributions Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 Unboarded License. Thanks for joining us.